0: Joan Jett once said it was a social thing what women were allowed to do at a very young age I decided I was not going to follow women's rules and Joan Jett didn't follow social rules, nor did Susie Quattro, Patti Smith Kathleen Hanna, the Go-Go's and hundreds of other ass-kicking, cord-smashing gender-bending, glass-ceiling breaking female rockers in this set the Bonsai Boys, Jay and Travis, explore questions such as what ingredients do ladies add to rock and roll? What unique challenges do they face? And what makes them so damn cool? Welcome to the Ladies of Rock set. Jay, uh you've seen High Fidelity, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um the Movie starring Joan Cusack. That <laughs> is shocking. Anyways, in the movie uh, High Fidelity, um, Jay, you know, remember the part where uh, J- uh, John Cusack's character is talking with his buddies at the bar and they see um, Jason Momoa's wife. I am bad with names today. Blusa um, uh, Bonet. Yeah. Uh, and uh-huh. they're like, "Oh man, I want Maria de wanna... Maria de Salle, yes. Peter Frampton. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Peter, Peter Frampton song. Is that Peter fucking Frampton. Yeah, <laughs> I hate a song. Yeah, now I kind of like it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, they, they say um, he's like, "I want to, I, uh, uh, I want to date a musician," right? And then like, no, I wanna live with a musician. What are your thoughts on this? What are your thoughts about dating or living with a musician?
1: I don't know, dude. Being in a relationship on, with it. Honestly, like if it was okay, so if it was like 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 a crappy musician, like uh I don't know. It's just somebody that's just no, oh, say it, sucks. Jay. Just it, throw someone on the bus like oh, that. Someone say something, say trying, it. I'm trying, I'm trying to pick something out of the ether, but so, I don't know. I don't want to offend, but I'm just saying if it was like a, like, like Avril Lavigne, okay, it, it might kind of suck because... Well, first of all, I,
0: you'd have to dress like a skater boy.
1: Yeah, well, yeah, you know, it's, you'd have to <laughs> mandatory dress like, But He was a skater someone,
0: boy. I can't remember that. Oh, Who that was like the first hit. Boy. He was a skater boy. Something later, boy. He wasn't good yeah. enough for her. Now you he's just a movie star. not remember the next line. <laughs> I not mean, either. I yeah, yeah, yeah. That came out. I'm a little younger, Jay. That was, that was in high school. Unavoidable. How's your anthem? You'll be seeing her on my um, playlist later.
1: <laughs> <Instead>. <laughs> <laughs> so someone like that might be kind of tough. But, like, I, you know, in preparation for this episode, I watched a few. You wouldn't fuck the musician. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. (laughs) A few. Just (laughs) I I listened to a lot of uh, interviews uh, that she did back in 75, 76. Yep. And
0: she. Nightmare. A nightmare. uh, (laughs) What? You think so? She'd be a nightmare to live with. You really think so? Oh yeah. I don't uh, know how, see, I, I don't I, know I, how I, Sam Shem, Shem, Sam Sam Shepherd did that shit.
1: <laughs> We're going Okay, so Go ahead. I thought the complete opposite. I thought the complete opposite cuz she seemed really confident, but there was still like I don't know, maybe we saw completely different interviews, but she there was like a sweetness about her. Like she didn't seem pretentious about it. You know, and and one of the things I was so impressed by was when she she was doing a show and she fell off the stage and she broke some vertebrae in her back. And the interview asked her, um, "What were you doing? Like, how was life for you when you were completely immobilized for six months?" And she said, "It was." great and i'm like like what <laughs> i was expecting to say it was total hell but she goes it was great she goes i learned to go back into my mind and i was i was active my body was shut down so my mind lit up and she said i discovered new music new bands i read books i learned to to, to travel in my imagination. And I'm like, dang, dude, that is so friggin' positive. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I, it, right, it was right then and there. I'm like, I wish I could date Smith in 1975.
0: Yeah, nope. You're going to have to date Courtney Love in 1994. You a uh... You're going to have to date <laughs> Courtney Love in 1994.
1: No way. No way. Yeah. So you're so, saying
0: you, you like... would date a musician. You just don't want to date a bad musician. You don't have yeah, to be like, yeah. oh, there babe, like, that's great, babe. No, that's great. You would have, have to lie. You'd have to hear that, that like they're making shitty music all the time in the next room. Like, God damn, that sucks. He was a skater boy. Oh, yeah. It'd be, like, oh. it'd be
1: like the, it'd be like the, how do I look like in these pants lie, only on
0: a different scale. And you, hey, have- you like this riff? <laughs> oh, I'm sure. Man. Yeah. Does this riff, does this riff make, <laughs> make me look fat? <laughs> Welcome to the Pop Bonsai Podcast. Bonsai! Jay. New set. We got a new set. Now, this set, I think elf. we introduced We introduced last, at the end of our coming of age, that we introduced our next set prematurely. Kind of, sort of. Yeah, it was a premature yeah. evacuation of <laughs> sets. Uh, and we, kind of, sort of. We said that we were going to be doing a set called Rebel Girls. Uh, and and we were going to do all, a lot of the same stuff we're doing now, but we were, one of the things that we had in there, we had Heathers and we were going to, we, our idea was to kind of talk about like, the were like the pop culture's pro, portrayal of rebellious women. And mm-hmm. as I started getting into the stuff and I started, you know, watching and listing some of the stuff, I was like, Ooh, I think 90% of our stuff is very, is actually even more specific than that. And so uh, I, I sent a, a raven, uh, Game of Thrones style, straight to Jay's house. I said, <laughs> I said, long claw, fly swift, fly straight to my friend Jay, for we have many things like to discuss. People. Yes. <laughs> And I sent, I put, wrote a note, I said, you awake? And I attached it the long claw and I sent it away. And then a week later, I got <laughs> a message back and said, yeah, what's up? And then, so this took a, this <laughs> like a, a couple month process. Eventually, we decided on the fact that, hey, we're, our set really isn't about Rebel Girls' This set. Maybe that's a future set. This one is about the ladies of rock. We're talking about the ladies of rock, Jay. So what are we, what are we, what do we, what are we, what are we, gonna be, what are we searching for? Um, we're just going to be exploring,
1: uh, kind of like, I don't know, maybe lighting up some, some dark corners, reminding people about things that, that really need to be noticed or reintroduced. And what we're going to start off with is, uh, the 1975 LP by, uh, Patty Smith called Horses.
0: Horses. 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 He was thinking of horses. 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 <laughs> that's, see, that's the kind of shit you get when you date fucking Patty Smith, dude. Yeah, she's got a broken back and she's laying on the couch in her imagination waking you up in night terrors because next to you she's screaming horses, 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 horses. <laughs> You're like, what the fuck? What the fuck, babe? Wait, minute, wait, wait, write this down. You gotta you got write it down. Horses, oh, good. Okay. okay. See the next one. <laughs> She's just in the, the next room for like an hour straight. Horses. 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 <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. So we're gonna talk about um the album Horses. And then Jay, uh uh I wanna I'm gonna I'm gonna we used to do this all the time, but I'm gonna double stack this one with a little end talk on a female photographer. In the nineteen at CBGBs during the Patti Smith Mm -hmm. era, nineteen mid nineteen seventies, took pictures of Patti Smith, knew Patti Smith and other rock and rollers like the Ramones, like Richard Hell, Television, um, Heartbreaker, Blondie, all these things, and that is a photographer named Roberta. Bailey. So we're going to talk about that and uh, a little bit later on here. And some other questions that I, I that I'm hoping that we can uh, discuss uh, through these four episodes are a couple of things like what unique ingredients are really seem like they can only come from females or typically are you know once the gates of rock and roll opened to females. First of all, what are the challenges in kicking that down that these women had to face? Um, what kind of attitudes do they have to have in order to survive in this world? And what kind of unique ingredients did they bring to rock and roll that wasn't in it when it was a primarily male-dominated uh, genre? Uh, so I'm, I'm hoping that uh, that my personal quest is, as I view all these, these pieces of pop culture, is hopefully get uh, 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 some talking points on my... Uh, my those questions for myself, uh, as I explore uh, the films, the documentaries, the albums, uh, and the songs that we're going to be doing over the next four episodes. Yes, yes, all right, exactly. So, take, <clears throat> take us down, horses, Jay. What do we got? What's what's the what's who made it? Who sings on it? What um, is this? Horses. <laughs> <laughs> So um,
1: this is Patti Smith's debut LP. It came out November 10th, 1975 on Arista Records. And just as a little bit of a background, Arista Records was home to people like Barry Manilow, Bay City Rollers, uh, David Cassidy. Barry Manilow. So,
0: I am a fan of mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> And it was, uh, this record was made at uh, Electric Lady Studios mm-hmm. in, in uh, Greenwich Village,
0: New York City. Uh, Where, of course, had... famously Hendrix recorded and just about every other major epic seminal work of rock and roll from the 1960s and 70s was recorded. Yeah. Up until yeah, this he, day, he, up until fact... today, he's still recording amazing albums. Oh, there. yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, I think Kanye West recorded there. Yeah. Um, he, not only did Hendrix, though, uh, record there, but he, like, funded it. He uh, it yeah, it's like it his was studio, designed. yeah, yeah, yeah. In fact, it was like the first artist owned studio, <clears throat> and yeah, he made it to his specifications. Um, and yeah, he he totally paid for it. Um, so uh, horses reached a uh, number 50 topped on, on billboard charts, uh, produced br- by. <laughs>
0: I can't, I can't john kale
1: hard <laughs> i know i know <laughs> it was produced by john kale of velvet underground fame and uh um, makes, yeah. makes, so makes sense makes sense makes sense i guess the foundation um how should we tackle this let's tackle it by, by talking track?
0: about yes let's do that but let's do a little a little more we talked about paddy smith up at the top in our uh uh freestyle rants um let's talk mm. about um patty smith our history with patty smith going into this why don't you go okay. first jay okay
1: okay so i was introduced to patty smith You're
0: at a cocktail party um, right in new york no you ready jay <laughs> it was, was at a gala was, event uh it was some fundraiser yeah, was for a, uh uh i think it was like it was, it, was was was, Warhol, it was a war hall it was a Warhol event yeah
1: yeah you know me and the Lou Factory Reed Girls. Were, yeah. Uh, yeah, he was telling me about her, and I'm like, really, Lou? Okay. If He's you like, say so, man. She's, like,
0: she's a really interesting talent. She's amazing. You're going to love her.
1: But horses, Lou? Really? Horses? Jay, can you step into the <laughs> um, light?
0: I'm getting your bad side. Click, 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 click. Hold. The, eat some soup. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Slowly. Um,
1: um. So, with Patty Smith, I was introduced years ago Um, it was, in fact, it was one of the things where I was like, I was first discovering like punk, you know, I heard the Ramones on headbangers ball when I was like in eighth grade, like eighth grade. I'm like, that's awesome. And so I wanted to do a little more research. And (coughs) the only thing I, that was really out then where you can do stuff like that is like magazine articles. So I think there was like a spin magazine that came out, uh, the punk issue and, and so uh sex pistols were on the cover and so i bought it and i'm like oh and you know i thought you were gonna say like i went to
0: the library and started looking through old microfiche
1: (laughs) (laughs) and uh and so i (laughs) I went in horses
0: horses horses uh, i can see you flipping like uh, uh, a da vinci code style like like flipping through it the montage shot rubbing your eyes horses 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 (laughs) so it's like two in the morning.
1: <laughs> <Man>. Um. <laughs> so I just looked up like other New York st- I was like, Oh, I like the Ramones. Maybe I like some of this other New York yeah. stuff. And so I, I went out. I bought horses. I bought uh, talking '77 uh, by Talking Heads and Marquee Moon. And like, I was kind of disappointed to be honest mm-hmm. because none of it sounded like the Ramones, right? I'm like, what's this? crap yeah. you know and i just tossed it over my shoulder and i'm like more dead kennedys yeah i don't know and uh so it sat for a long time but i just kept reading about these bands and they just kind of grew on me um after time um I'm, I'm not like i'm not gonna lie and say i was a number one patty smith fan um sh- i always felt like I respected her music and I respected her as an artist. And I realized that she was a trailblazer in a lot of what she did. But horses or like Radio Ethiopia or Easter um, were never something I just like got a feeling and I put it on. Mm-hmm. I would always have to like kind of flip through and go, oh, I haven't heard this in a while. And I put it on.
0: Yeah. Petty Smith, in a lot of ways, it really is like drinking beer or smoking cigarettes. I I don't really know anyone who gets hooked the 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 first couple of listens uh to it. You really you really <laughs> have to I think learn to listen to Patti Smith almost. Mm-hmm. Um I I don't know. Um I guess if you ask people like Blondie and these other women that we're going to talk about Debbie Harry and um people like that they probably would say the opposite. They'd be like, "Oh, I heard those the first bars and I was like, this is it." Uh, but I think for, mm-hmm. you know, people who who maybe aren't on the spectrum, I don't know <laughs> that you have to kind of like <laughs> discover the, the the genius within because it is such a this album is such a mix of genres, such a mix of styles, such a such a new thing on there. I'm like you. Uh, I'm not a huge um, Patty Smith fan, you know, as far as. Uh, I like you I respect her as a musician um uh I I actually think I I I, res- I like the character of Patti Smith who who what she means to rock and roll and what she did and when she did it more than maybe the actual work itself uh this album is uh, I think so important to uh, the history of rock and roll and in particular female rock and roll. Uh, So, I mean, I mean, to do a set without talking about this album, this seems to fit in perfectly in there. Um, I got into Patti Smith, not from the punk lens, but more from the beat poet side of things, uh, in Um. college when I was really getting into Dylan and Kerouac and Burroughs and, you know, uh, that New York scene of poets and Ginsburg, um, you start taking that 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 ride you can go back to to Guthrie and and or you can go forward to um you know Andy Warhol and uh Velvet Underground and uh Patti S- Smith and of course P- Patti Smith's adoration of of Dylan um, and then, uh, Sam Shepard is one of my favorite playwrights, uh, so there's that history there between those two as they, you know, they were a couple for a while during their primes, um, so I kind of got into it more as her as a poet, uh, and I'm like, oh, this, you know, poet who made this album as opposed to looking back at it as, oh, like, uh, what they call like the godmother of punk rock, which is maybe debatable, but, um certainly uh an influence on it so all right interesting all right let's 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 take it should we take it track by track sure all right so you haven't
1: queued up is this something you're gonna queue up oh yeah i can yeah
0: keep talking over it and i'll um i'll I'll pull it up on uh youtube now there's a couple editions of this album as any seminal album has there are releases uh uh extra tracks i think it was originally uh uh an eight track um album and then they added my generation cover at one point and then now there's also an extended generation uh, oh, really? yeah the my generation cover she does and then there's like the extended yeah, horses edition now um so oh, let me see if i can find the actual, because I think the order on this does matter as far as the order of this album and how she lays her songs oh, out there. Yeah. Um, I I'm not. Gosh, I, I wish they wouldn't do. That. Sometimes I wish that
1: you had a choice. It's like you know. Sometimes I I'll put on like, uh, <clears throat> you know, like a, an old Kinks record or something, and I'll find it a, a a record that used to have like twelve tracks now has like thirty five.
0: Yeah. And it's got like, and you can't find the, uh, you you can't find the, uh, you don't have a choice to listen to the original version. Right.
1: You're stuck listening to like all these other like crappy cutting room floor versions, you know, these underproduced and, you know, it's like most of the time they ended up not on the record for a reason. Put them. Yeah. Why do I even want this?
0: Put that shit like, uh, that's fine. You could have the extra shit, but don't take away the the original album Spotify what's it uh, what kind of server right. space is that going to cost you to have two Patti Smith horse al- albums on there even three for God's sake I know you know they're doing it with like MT- know, they're doing it with you know. like MTX now too they're having the re-releases so they're like this is the remastered version I'm like I don't want the fucking remastered version that's not the one I grew up on right,
1: right. I, don't I don't like this I don't like sniffle. the mix
0: I want the mix I remember yeah I want the shitty mix <laughs> <laughs> all right so I did find uh, uh, the playlist. I believe this is in the correct order. You let me know if, I, if I'm off. Of course, the first one is very easy. Um, I'm going to say right now before we talk about it, because I'm going to play a little bit of it. I am going to make the statement. Uh, when we look at, Uh, A novel, right? I always like to, you know, big famous novels. There's always that famous... What's the famous novel first lines? It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. Uh, Franz Kafka. Uh, Gregory Samster found himself... uh, Woke up one morning to find he had been transformed into a giant cockroach. Um, (laughs) And I think that this song we're about to to hear a little bit of right now. This is the first track off Horse's Gloria. Um, And... This might this is in the top I think top 10, I might even go top five best first lines to an album of all time and i'm' a, I'm gonna I'm hey. pause right there, Jay, and then I, I, we you i'm gonna I want hear your response after we hear what I'm talking about okay. I'll tell you when, since you can't hear it, Jay, <laughs> get that piano coming in so jesus died for somebody's sins but not mine Ooh. Ooh.
1: Mildner, part of thieves.
0: Wild, wild cord, cord. Of my I apologize to anyone who hates for me to hear me sing over the tracks <laughs> on here okay um what do you think about my statement jay
1: i um i would agree I, okay. I like this line a lot and i want i actually wrote this down to get kind of like your take on this and so the, the line Travis is talking about is jesus died for somebody's sins but not mine um that's pretty powerful stuff now
0: debut album wh- by oh, the way so- correct this is the debut yeah. her debut album, so this is her that that line introduces her to the fucking whole world that line
1: <laughs> yeah um so what, what what do you make of that? What do you think that she's trying to convey here?
0: Well, one of the things with with Patty Smith, I think what what makes her accessible uh in and much of her inaccessibility, I think for mainstream listeners is. Like Dylan, you can, it's poetry. You know, she's, you know, she's coming mm. from a love of uh, beats and also past that, ro- romantic. She was big into Ram- Rambo. Um, and so there's an openness to how you interpret her lyrics. One of the things I don't like about her is some, I, I, as a poet speaking is, I feel like it's too broad. I feel like she, she it's, and we'll talk about that as we get into some of the other songs. All so about like the sky and the or, ocean and horses. I'm like, let's get specific. Let's get Dylan esque Let's talk about the, uh, brand new leopard skin pillbox hat. Let's talk about Burma shave. Like Tom waits. Let's not talk about general pretty things. Fucking Patty Smith. No, um, cosmos. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but In this one, Jesus died for somebody's sins, but not mine. I think right there, that is saying that like I'm rejecting everything that you could possibly associate or put on me right there. Um, I've been thinking about this line a lot, even before we did this show, with the way— uh, American media is, is, is kind of going today as far as trying to create like victims and perpetrators of, for why things are happening. And, you know, um, I, kind of, I don't want to get too political, but the idea of like, I'm Do a middle now. age, I'm a, I'm a I'm a middle aged, straight white guy, middle class. And like, I'm now the cause of everyone's fucking problems. And I was thinking, and and as this kind of builds and builds through the year, I was like, okay, I understand, I understand what that's coming from. I understand. Okay, I will listen, I listen. But then I'm like, listen, Jesus died for somebody's sins, but not fucking mine, man. Uh, like I didn't do that shit. Like I'm not, I'm not like. Don't try to pigeonhole me on that fucking shit. Don't, don't. I'm not you, you. Don't assume that you know me. Don't assume that all these things about me because. I am not the, the things that came before. I am not the things that are happening now. All the things that you so, and this one she uses sins. So that what makes us think of like the the bad things associated with um uh ancestry or or contemporaries or peers or gender or uh, whatever it is. Uh but uh a pretty bold statement however you interpret it. And very polarizing when you when you uh throw Jesus in there like that what I was gonna say anytime you throw throw
1: Jesus in something like that it's gonna it's gonna label you automatically with lot with, with some of your audience yeah so, you know and to, oh the atheist the you know mm-hmm. whatever <clears throat> which oddly enough she's not an atheist <clears throat> but what do you think of this line so i had a I had a different interpretation of this. I saw it as um, Jesus died for somebody's sins, but not mine. I kind of saw it as, um, you know, like people always say, well, you know, Jesus is going to take away my sins. Jesus, you know, I'll be cleansed. And I see it as she's Um, saying, I don't want people to take away my sins. I don't want people to take away my flaws, yeah. my scars. This is what makes me who I am. You know, I am my pain. I am my troubles. I am my flaws, and I'm gonna own them. You know, I'm not gonna give it away. To you know, I'm not. I don't want to. Uh, you know, sterilize myself and and make myself like everybody else. You know that this. Clean, pure, white version of, and
0: when I say white, I don't mean like yeah. Caucasian, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. you
1: know. But you know, you know, like this,
0: you know, the sterilized white, version as fuck, this white as fuck. Though Patty Smith was white as <laughs> fuck.
1: So that's the way I kind of see.
0: No, it. No, I think you're. I think you're right. I think I think um, in the in the, in terms of the 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 song on here, I think that's a, a more accurate interpretation. And I think maybe mine more fits into the conversation of like females entering rock and roll, if you want to look at it from that lens. But I think yours fits more with like maybe the actual intent of the line in the song here, as far as this album and the song is, is concerned. Um, perhaps. Yeah. Perhaps.
1: I mean, I think both of these takes are, are, are really interesting, but yeah, I kind of saw it as like, you know, that's what develops your, your being, your, your consciousness. I mean, why would you willingly give that up? Why would you willingly give up what makes you different? You know, <clears throat>
0: it's also a sense of um, uh, um, heroics. Uh, what the what the Western world views as the most heroic and selfless act, she casts aside. She disregards. She doesn't put value mm. on. Oh, Mm -hmm. someone did this so you could do that. Fuck that. I don't, you know, like, like, I, it's not, I disregard those heroics. I disregard that uh, altruism. Uh, I disregard that thing that you hold most sacred. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so what do you, what do you you think about the song Gloria? I mean, obviously it is, we are using that Gloria rift from the, um, not the Trogs. Uh, uh them. Them, thank you. Van Morrison's yeah. them. Yeah. yeah.
1: I love it, dude. I love the song. I think mm-hmm. them are like one of the most underrated yep. garage bands, you know, back in the 60s. Van Morrison's band before he became a solo artist. But yeah, that that album was
0: fantastic. Do you like uh the them version of I mean, they're very different as far as uh it's uh, for her, them uh, that uh, Gloria, the them song, is just the canvas in which to paint. Canvas in which to paint her poetry on. It's like it's wow. like uh, reused art or recycled art, taking something and then and making it yours. Which is, I think, we talked about her being like that idea of punk rock. That is very punk rock. Um, it, yeah. it it's to, it's to make a collage out of things. So I'm going to take my poetry, which is influenced by all these things, and has bits of those in the language. I'm going to layer that onto a garage rock sound that is a cover of another thing, but not enough that you, I don't even, I, I hesitate to even call it, it's not a cover. I don't think this is a cover. Right, right. You know, right? I love it, dude. I, I I love the original version.
1: Um, I remember when they use it in The Outsiders.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, it's a great you don't song, you don't see that idea. a lot anymore. You see covers. Uh, I guess you could say that you can make an argument that a lot of hip hop when they sample it really is, uh, yeah. is this. I guess you could. I guess that is in the same vein. We're using someone's, uh, because other than really the hook and the chord progression of this. You know, there you could confuse it for an, like another sound or whatever it is. And that's a lot with sampling. So I guess it does kind of fit into the sampling world of hip hop. But, um, yeah. 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 I mean, one of the things I like about Patti Smith is that she
1: likes rock and roll. You know, she's a she's a poet, but she loves the Rolling Stones. man. You know, she loves Keith Richards. Um, and that's
0: I don't know. I just think it's cool. I'm looking at my lyric sheet here. I want to... I mean, that whole first stanza of, her, her, of this song is some of the best, I think, lyrics in this album. You know, aside from what we just said, it's melting in a pot of thieves, wild card up my sleeve, thick heart of stone, my sins my own, they belong to me, me. Right, And that fits more with your interpretation of, it, of that idea of being like, no, 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 I'm, I'm embracing my, my sins, and no one's going to take them away from me just because you said someone died for them. Um, so that, on mm-hmm. uh, there. Um, great lyrics in there. Um, you know, her songs are so... You know, one of the things he, as... You know, you can listen to them, and you kind of pick stuff up, but then other ones you have to kind of... This is a real album song where you really... This is a real case for why not having albums and album jacket covers sucks now because this is a real open up the album jacket read the 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 words along while you're listening to the song because there's are just there's so many lyrics to all these songs oh yeah and um in impossible to get the first time it's certainly impossible to interpret uh the first time um but yeah, that's something you see, as, especially when it comes to a song like Birdland later we get to and shit like that, so.
1: Yeah, it it needs a, a multi... You know, it it needs all your senses. It, it requires all your senses, Yeah. You know? mm-hmm.
0: All right, here's a little... Uh, to, ta- to absorb. Taste of uh, track number two, uh, Redondo Beach. Oh, nope, that's a Japanese uh, YouTube commercial. Let's, let's... <laughs> The evolution Two commercials for this one. We have time. is very lucrative, apparently, for YouTube. <laughs> God, I love I love the reggae um style to this uh, song, Redondo Beach. But she's got no now. I was for you, Are you gone, gone? All right, so uh, off the bat, I will say of all the tracks on here, this one, I think musically, instrumentally, is my favorite. Instrumentally really? is, is my favorite uh, on here. Uh, I feel like they, it gets in that groove. Um, lyrically, maybe one of my weakest uh one so I'm kind of torn there um but there's something uh, interesting happening between the beat and the lyrics uh that we could yeah. talk about but i will I will make that statement, Jay that I think this is my favorite instrumental that that Patti smith uh does on this album that she doesn't do her band doesn't obviously interesting um yeah,
1: I <clears throat> was you know scanning over the lyrics again and the thing with with patty smith is that she can like uh uh, put herself into a a persona you know and and seeing as a different character you know like her her lyrics are 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 from a different perspective and i'm trying i'm looking at this i'm like i this is weird i don't i don't quite understand but a Apparently from what I read, because finally I just looked it up online. I'm like, let's see what some other schmuck says about this. Apparently this song was written uh, about her sister. And I I guess they had a fight and pretty bad fight. And the sister stormed off and was gone for like days. And so Patty Smith started thinking about, Oh my gosh, what if she's dead? And I don't see her anymore, you know? And, and I'm like, okay, I guess that makes some sense, but the thing that that, that sort of like I keep ke- coming back to is the line, uh, "She was the victim. Uh, she was the victim of sweet suicide." And I, I started thinking, about like, okay, so if this song really is about what I just said, very low read the word "sweet."
0: yeah 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 yeah. Yeah. what's with
1: the word sweet in there you know (laughs) yeah
0: an expression Uh, yeah i think that's very uh reminiscent of the literature at that time on how people looked at suicide especially in new york the new york scene of that time when those heroes from the 50s and 60s b generation were all Heroin out and committing suicide and dying left and right. I'm not. I'm not talking about just like big names, you know. uh, You know, uh, associated with boroughs. I'm talking about like the 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 local city heroes that were taking themselves out in in the 70s because you know, I mean, New York is pretty much a safe haven for heroin and whatever you want to else get your hands on there.
1: Oh, yeah, all 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 sorts of malcontents. <laughs>
0: Yeah, and I like to, I like that about the the, the sister thing. Uh, and I, it really it really elevates that simple repetition of, is she gone, gone? Is she gone? Like, is she not just gone, but is she gone, gone? Like, is she dead? I'm gone, gone. Yeah, is she yeah. gone, gone? But that's what I want to talk about is that beat on here is so contrasting with the song. It's with the imagery in the song. Mm-hmm. The song is, the lyrics are dark. You know, there's kind of a dark, darker somber lyrics but it's next to this kind of reggae chipping guitar um style and you know it's called redondo beach uh and it has this you know reggae sound to it so it almost seems kind of like like a a chill back and smoke a bowl song uh but it really is something that you would maybe find on like a train spotting soundtrack or some shit, you know? (laughs) Um, so I think that's, I, I, it's really, I I like the dichotomy between the, um, the instrumental itself and the, what the song is about. Cause you don't have to listen to this song for lyrics. You can kind of just jam to the tone and the rhythm of it, which I was for a long time, you know? um, you're loading that bowl. Yeah. I don't even know what's bra, was. Oh, ja! Ja, man. Patti Smith on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like Tom Hanks' son. <laughs> I feel like Chet Hayes. <laughs> All right. So let me go into track number three, which is Birdland. If we can pull it up with... ooh kind of starts off in that same key as gloria which is kind of a reprise that you find throughout this whole album that i almost i want i don't know enough about chords but i feel like that minor uh maybe it's not but uh chords in there follow you there oh did you not hear me i said i can't follow you i know nothing of that (laughs) so this is a nine minute and fifteen second song as the third song on the album, and it's, it's a lot of spoken word. Hmm. What are your thoughts mm-hmm. on this song?
1: Um, <clears throat> I kind of like it. Um, I. Think you know why you like it? Because that... it's is it
0: because it's long, long. not
1: necessarily i'm not the biggest fan of of long long songs long long Um, but they i think that like reading some of the lyrics it it's to me it it conveys uh first of all they're almost like surreal like fever dream but you know you start reading some of the lyrics and you know you start thinking it, 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 like isolation uh, depression anxiety um you know the, the 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 song starts out almost uh you know like really quiet minimalist mm-hmm. ballad and then morphs into like a you know like a cosmic avant-garde fireball and then it comes back to you know it's it's slow slow tempo mm-hmm. and the lyrics are just kind of bonkers yeah
0: Uh, lyrics are are there's some pretty solid imagery here one of my favorites is uh nobody there except for the birds around around the new england farm and they gathered in all directions like roses they scattered and they were like compass grass coming together into the head of a shaman bouquet yeah What What? the fuck? It reminds me of, because I just, uh, on your recommendation, I listened to that, uh, there's a podcast called The Album Club and we were talking about Outcome the Wolves uh, last week. And so Mm -hmm. I listened to their episode on that where they were going through it and it reminded me, and I was listening to the album again, and they reminded me of that spoken word there in uh, uh, the Outcome the Wolves track where it's like, Outcome the Wolves! Yeah, yeah. yeah. Jim Carroll won uh, Basketball Diaries. And it's like, the paws trample in the snow, the alphabet. I stand on my head and watch them all go away. Like it feels that <laughs> to me, like he comes from this kind of Patti Smith world of, yes, of spoken exactly. word poetry and so many lyrics in this. I feel like you could cut that, snip that down. to about one stanza had Jim Carroll say it in Out Come the wolves. And there you go.
1: Well, you know, a lot of these songs are like snippets of patty smith's poetry and so i don't know if this one is in particular but it feels like it i i would bet it is yeah yes yes it feels like it and it feels like maybe there's some more we're missing but even if there was i'm still not sure it would Tie it up in a nice little cohesive bow, <laughs> you know. Yeah,
0: let's see if we can find what's missing in the next track on here, which is called "Free Money." Again, that somber, slow beginning. That's that runs through a lot of it. Could this song begins to me. Find it- in a very Patty Smith way, uh, that later we hear in other albums like "Because the Night Belongs to Lovers," uh, mm-hmm. and this song, right with, uh, Springsteen, yeah, was it Bruce Springsteen. Oh, I don't yeah. know. Okay, yeah. it feels like a Bruce Springsteen. If it's not, um, I think it was. Yeah, that kind of smoky cityscape. Uh, it's missing a sax, but all the other tones are there, you know, uh, that kind of that kind of even the way the voice comes in, because she doesn't have what we consider a classically good voice. Uh, it's haunt right. it's certainly haunting. <laughs> and I think that's what I think. it's I think that's the most complimentary thing you could say about Patty Smith's voice is that it's haunting um, mm-hmm. and she knows how to use that. She uses that mm-hmm. as a weapon in certain tracks on this album. Uh and this is certainly one of them I think that she uses that as as she understands that vocal quality. And because she she wasn't I you know, in interviews she said she always when growing up she always could see herself being like a jazz singer or an Ella Fitzgerald type or um Really? And yeah, and she said uh that you know she didn't expect to be a rock and roll singer, but she didn't expect a lot of things and and it just it came to fruition and here I feel like she is really channeling the you know Ella Fitzgerald's and the the smoky jazz singers in in tracks hmm. like Free Money here.
1: Interesting. That's re- I did not know that. Yeah, I can I can see that now that you mention it. Um, so I'm gonna go ahead and, and lay down my own bold statement here.
0: This your favorite. Okay.
1: This, this might be one of my least favorite tracks. Oh! Least favorite! Why? And I think it's because uh because of the same reason why you said you don't like her lyrics, I think her lyrics are a little too focused. Mm. Like I think, you know, they're a little they're not broad enough it's a i mean it's 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 a fun song and it's it's very bohemian uh but yeah it's just too literal
0: for me you know Mm -hmm. it's like i
1: don't know to me to
0: me the lyrics feel maybe it's because the money references throughout this but it feels pink floydish to me a little bit too (laughs) Uh, yeah i see that for sure on there but yeah uh uh not, not, my, not my favorite track uh, either, but um, I feel uh, that, again, like I said, uh, you know, when it comes to the, the Night Belongs Lovers and maybe more of that classically Patty Smith sound, um, I think that this album is kind of, t- that, that song is kind of touching into it. I'm still waiting for Jay to come in. We're running out of tracks. I'm waiting for Jay to come in and say that this is his favorite track. Maybe it's Kimberly because that's not, our next track. You're not going to have to. I was going to
1: say, you're not going to have to wait much
0: longer. <laughs> Here we go. It's playing. Tell us why you like this. Is this your favorite one, Jay? Uh huh. Very simple bass. Boom, 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 boom. boom. Little yeah. keyboards in the background. All right. Why do you like this one, Jack? It's just it reminds me of
1: like it reminds me of uh like a song that was just key to uh what like college rock or alternative rock. It reminds me Pixies. of modern lovers. It, yeah, it reminds me of modern lovers, it reminds me of television, it reminds me of talking heads. You know, um, it is very lyrics... talking heads.
0: You're right. You're right.
1: Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, um, the lyrics are interesting. They don't make sense. But, uh, you know, that's not the exactly wave. what I like. But <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, everything I watch, and I, you're the same way, I'm pretty sure. Everything I watch and I listen to, don't have to make sense. Mm-mm. You know, sometimes I just, you know, like letting stuff, you know, wash over me and let you know and let it toe my thoughts with
0: it. Where well it goes, everybody you know. said about the bird, about the, the bird, bird. bird, yeah. The bird, bird. <laughs> yeah.
1: It's nonsensical. Yeah. It's great. You know, but it's still cool. It's still great.
0: Yeah. I'm but more yeah, I'm a tone guy. I'm a tone guy.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, feel tone yeah you know i, I the song it, it, you know i like the tempo it, it's driving yet there's kind of like something a little off kilter about it and uh yeah this is a cool song nice all
0: right what do you think
1: do you like it?
0: Uh, i do i i do like it i i i'm going to listen to it when it's when we're done here again because i want to listen to it from the lens of being like oh this is really a, an early new wave song like you said uh, like that—that that Talking Heads stuff. And now that you said that, like obviously we know that those are an influence. Those bands have cited Patti Smith as uh, an influence, and well, Talking Heads were kind of coming around in CBGB's around the same time Patti Smith was, maybe a couple years later. Yeah. Uh, but I'm sure they overlapped. Um, and so they were watching each other's sets. Uh, but it does feel very much like that. All right, let's do. Break it up! Break it up, guys. Come on. Oh, that's another commercial. Let's go ahead and play that in four, three. YouTube is getting ridiculous. Here we go. <laughs> again, that similar starting that we're hearing out again. Car stopped in a clear. It was nearing. I saw the boy break out of his
1: skin. The heart turned over and died on him.
0: I don't have strong feelings about this song either way, honestly. Uh yeah. I know it, it she kind of breaks out of you know, in that yeah it her range there a little bit uh but i don't this is this is a skippable one for me if i'm listening to this album
1: yeah yeah so i listened to this 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 song and i used to kind of think it was about um okay (laughs) this is you know it's funny because like you have your own interpretation of these songs, right? And mm-hmm. then you find out the real meaning of it, and you think, Oh, I'm such a moron. <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, why
1: did I think of this? <laughs> so <clears throat> I I used to think the song was kind of about someone wanting to uh experience the pain of a loved one so they can like kind of like understand it, maybe help them through it, maybe even take it away, you know, like break it up could refer to uh, the struggle this person is having with uh, this particular demon. And I, you know, I feel like the song is so, it's so grand and, and sweeping and is, uh, I, I almost feel like it's the most structured of, of, of her songs. And um, the vocals, you know, they're, they're kind of explosive and um, I almost feel like this could have been Uh, Like a hit single, you know, I I feel like um, if it was marketed right, I feel like it could have been like her breakthrough song or something. But Mm. apparently this song was nothing more than about uh, a dream that she had about jim morrison being encased in marble
0: <laughs> i knew, I knew and, and hearing things about the album i knew there's a jim morrison song on here and when i was listening to it i couldn't figure out what i'm like i could look it up i know somebody said there's like a jim morrison song on there and i was like huh i really, really i guess it really could be any of these <laughs> yeah i guess he was like encased in marble and
1: he was saying to her break it up and she's like you know i can't understand you what are you saying you know break it up like Break up the marble. Let me out. Kind yeah. of thing. and
0: I'm like, dude, I'm such an ass. Why do I read so much into stuff? <laughs> well, that's the fun of it. That's, I mean, that's that's the that's the fun of a Patti Smith album. And if you can't they, read they into can't... it, then there's no point. <laughs> there's no point. Yeah,
1: yeah. You know, it's funny. I, I think I've we've talked about this before, but um, you know, in interviewing uh, musicians and and lyricists. They never want to tell you what a song is about. No, and they shouldn't. You know, be, right. I agree. I, I didn't used to. i am like, Oh, come on. Just tell me what it's about. Yeah. But now I understand why, because it, they want it to belong to you. They want it to mean what you want it to mean to your, to you. You know, they don't necessarily want you to have their meaning.
0: Yeah. Bob you know, Dylan, Bob, Bob Dylan taught that. musicians how to do that. Oh, those press conferences. <laughs> but, man, I don't know, man, what it means. I, you tell me what it means. You tell me what it means, man. You look at me. He gets <laughs> so he gets, he gets so in their face. he be like, I don't know, man. Like, why are, you, why are you coming at me with that, man? Like, Maybe it means that, but maybe it means <laughs> something else to him. Maybe it means something else to me. Maybe it doesn't even mean to me what it means to me. You ever think about that, man? That's... You ever think about that? Like, You're coming <laughs> to me here, man. You're laying this heavy trip on me, man. I'm just saying here. So ask, ask me what you want to ask me. Ask me. Ask me what you ask me. What does it mean? <laughs> it's just like that's like so chilling. It gets so frustrating to watch. He gets so offensive. But he he made a hard stand and he taught all these other musicians to shut their fucking mouths when it comes to talking about their lyrics. That's um, great.
1: That's actually really good.
0: All right, next song. Land colon horse slash land of a thousand dances. Lemaire. From the other end of the hallway a rhythm is generating. So you start off just smoking noise. word in this, right? Uh-huh. He merged perfectly with the hallway. A little echoed in the background. Emerged perfectly. Let's get forward a little bit.
1: Like, like like,
0: like yeah, like too- Alright. So Jay. I either this is either my least favorite song on the track or my favorite song on the track. Which one? Do you think <laughs> it, which one do you think it is?
1: Okay, I'm gonna tell, I'm gonna tell you something right now. I, I wanna I wanna remind you of something, and let me I want to know if you agree with this. So, do you remember that part in uh, in Wonder Boys when Katie Holmes tells Michael Douglas, and she he she goes, you know, um, when you're you know when you're always t- uh, in class and you're telling us that writers have to make choices. Mm -hmm. Um, well, it doesn't seem like you really made any choices here. (laughs) (sighs) I feel like the song was like, uh, uh, it's okay. So I don't even, when, when this song comes on, I just kind of, uh, uh, succumb to it. Mm -hmm. I don't ever, I've never tried to really get any meaning out of it. I never really, you know, when she goes into like bony maroney and stuff i just kind of well yeah okay well whatever um it's just too much i yeah. just kind of just lay down and let this this monstrous aircraft just pass over me you know i
0: it's, I my, favorite. it's, my, it's my, my favorite it's my favorite song me. on the album
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: top, five of all time, the <laughs> top five of all time um again with this one i just love uh again we talk about we're getting a little more specific here with our references, using pop culture as a way to kind of go in here. Um, I think that uh, I, also, I also like, I've always liked the tremendous amount of, Ameri- of Americana found in the simple word of Johnny, uh, that word, that name to me, embodies so much Americana. Uh, and when we have lyrics that say, you know, things like, um, uh, life is filled with holes, Johnny's laying there, his sperm coffin, Angel looks down at him and says, oh, pretty boy, can't you show me nothing but surrender? Johnny gets up, takes off his leather jacket, tapped it, taped it to his... Uh, Chest, there's the answer. You got pen knives and jack knives and switchblades preferred. Switchblades preferred. Then he cries and he screams, saying, "Life is full of pain. I'm cruising through my brain and I fill my nose with snow and go Rambo, go Rambo, go go Rambo." It's fucking outsiders, mm. baby. It's fucking mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. love that shit. Love that shit. I love switchblades. Love leather jackets. There we go. What, where, where do you think Joan jett got that shit? Yeah, Grease. Greased. Yeah! T- oh, t- man! T- it's all coming yeah. together. To- Grease 2? <laughs> Grease cool writers? Because I'm a cool writer. No. A cool, cool... Did I ever tell you I watched Grease 2 after our set, and it's like, I might like it more than Grease 1? <laughs> I listen to that album constantly. I listen to Grease 2 soundtrack Constantly this year since we did since we did Greece way back in the fall because I'm a crew very interesting writer. That's I, the only song I really I, remember. You know what? Uh, uh, we're gonna have to do Grease too on the anniversary okay. on I'm, the I'd be up for that on news. the on the anniversary of our Greece episode, which is one of my favorite episodes. I think uh, we are going to do Grease too. Let's do it. Yep, I, I'm committed right now. It's committed I'm, on wax. Okay. It's on wax. All right, so. Uh, <laughs> That leaves us with uh, uh, the last album, *Elegy*. She spells it in a little bit odd way, uh, but we're gonna get to that in just a moment here. Oh, god dang! <laughs> Patty Smith is apparently a bankrolling YouTube because uh, every one of her videos has a co- commercial on it. I mean, these songs we paid for the rights for. Hmm. It's <laughs> going little bass action up top, a little disconnected tones, stereo. It's going to skip forward a little bit.
1: Something I can
0: So, uh, elegy uh i think you look at patty smith's career and this isn't something i i mean once i you know was kind of researching this a little bit i I kind of found out oh yeah i do see that is so it's not like oh i've listened to all the patty smith albums and i came up with this thesis but she does do a lot of elegy songs (laughs) she does do a lot of Mm -hmm. songs for people in her life especially people that have passed not just people in her life but people she idolizes sometimes like morrison like hendrix uh and uh people she's lost along the way or people that she was fans of uh and so yeah. it, it's a recurring song inspiration po- or poetry inspiration point for her uh, an elegy and that goes back to the the romantics and to the cavalier poets who are always fucking elegizing everything
1: yeah um this song, and I could be wrong, but if I remember correctly, <clears throat> you could be
0: wrong. Wrong. Actually...
1: <laughs> if I remember correctly, this is this was written um, because she like ran into, like literally, like ran into Jimi Hendrix mm-hmm. on the streets in, in New York, and she talked to him, and she was very taken by him. Um she was already a fan of his music, of course. But she was she just was very taken by his his demeanor. personality, his persona. And then uh he flew to England for I don't know what he was doing over there, some some show boarding or something. And Acid. Then three week three weeks later, yeah, I'm sure it's plenty of that. Three weeks later, he died. And so this was kind of written for him.
0: That's what I heard um, the storyline and- of this song as well. I can back that up, Jay. Yeah. I, 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 I support (laughs) your claim. Okay, cool. And so,
1: yeah, it's very dark. It's very melancholy. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's a good, it's a good close. I like this. I think it's, I think it's a solid
0: closer. I I think it's, I it might be like in my top four track. I mean, there's not a lot of tracks on this eight tracks. Uh, it's in the top half for me. Middle, middle, middle for me, Ah, middle for me. Solid middle. Four. Good. Four. <laughs>
1: I'm looking at uh, four through six. Yeah. Ish.
0: So uh, I want to ask you before we move on, I want to talk about one more thing today. One more uh, uh, Lady of Rock. Uh, but, okay. We know, and you know because you're a fan of Pop Bonsai, um, that at the end of our set, we come up with a playlist. And this set's going to be the Ladies of Rock playlist. Oh, it's going to be this uh, oh, I mean, good. yeah. I feel like I feel like it's not going to be hard coming up with with them. It's going to be lim- no. eliminating them. It's not going to be a coming of age one yeah. where I'm like racking my ba- brain and staying up at night. Uh, is <laughs> um, okay. We get one Patty Smith song from Horses, which is not part of our seven, but it's on it's on uh, the playlist. Which one do we choose?
1: You mean we we have to come up yeah, with the same to be, one? It has or? to be
0: consensus. Oh, okay. Um, Well, well, we know that your favorite was one of my least favorites, and my favorite was one of your least favorites. So (laughs) I don't think our favorites are going to make it on there. Uh, Well, I I think we both agreed with Gloria. I think we got to go Gloria, right? Yeah. Oh, that was easy. I mean, just for that... Just for that, maybe this starts off, maybe this starts off our playlist. Maybe this is, Jesus, if we talked about if we talked about this possibly being the greatest starting lyric to an album of yeah, all time, yeah, yeah. it's got to start off our playlist, Jay. Okay? Yeah. All right. Now, I hope you're writing all these songs. Greece too, and we're starting our playlist off with uh, uh, um, Gloria by not them all, by them. I got it. not the Patty Smith version. We're going to do the them version. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want a woman starting off our Ladies of Rock playlist, Jay. You're going <laughs> to remain three tracks behind me at all times. No talking. <laughs> all right. So, uh, Jay, uh, um, I don't know how much you got to look into this, but originally in our Rebel Girls uh, playlist, uh, there's this photographer, as I mentioned up at the beginning of our, our playlist, uh, by the name Roberta Bailey, and... Roberta Bailey, as I said, uh, she, uh, came to New York in like 1973, 1974, and she worked at the door at CBGB. So she was kind of taking the money, uh, from customers at the door. Um, and You know, so people like uh, Debbie Harry and the Ramones and Elvis Costello and Richard Hell and Johnny Thunders, uh, uh, the Damned, the Clash, the Dead Boys, X-Ray Specs, anyone who was kind of coming in uh, to that that club, um, she had access to and she started taking their photographs. Uh, and then a few years later, she actually started working for Punk Magazine that ran for about five or six years in the mid to late 70s. And a lot of her photos would run in Punk Magazine. And I wanted to bring her up in this discussion of uh, uh, Ladies of Rock, because I think so much of the entry of ladies into rock and roll is as much about style as it is about their music. It's one of the defining features of uh, of women who kind of vanguarded this movement of rock and roll, even to this day. I mean, uh, female rock and roll style is runway style. Now, you know what? Miley Cyrus. I mean, I'm I'm not saying she's rock and roll, but like, you know, we're, we were talking about that shit. It is, um, it's so inseparable from style and femininity are, are so, uh, classically woven together. Uh, and, Now, this, uh, Roberta, uh, didn't just take photos of female musicians, obviously, but she took photos of that punk aesthetic and that new wave aesthetic, uh, and put them in magazines and for all little boys and girls to comb over and try to emulate and then grow up to be big boys and girls who started their own bands with that style in there. Um, did you get a chance to look at any of the photos that, that, uh that she would taken Oh yeah. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah. Uh, I mean there's a lot of photographers I, who are in the scene taking photographs so we could easily switch Roberta Bailey out with another photographer but she is a female uh in this world so that's why I chose her.
1: Well, here's the thing. I think there's a few important factors. Um she was obviously a fan. Uh okay. Number two, the fact that she kind of un- okay, so even just the picture of her, she was a, a punk girl. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh
1: she lived in London. She was a punker, she, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so she lived in London, then she she came back to she was lived in California, she was born in California, moved to London, then moved in uh, to New York City. She so she understood these the the lifestyle, she understood the uh you know i don't know cheesy word to say but the goings-on of of these people and she seemed like she had a really good eye to capture like just candid shots like i love that picture of joe strummer like rolling the joint on his bed Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. and and stuff like that it's very um you you have to know when to kind of do that and and make it so that it's not, it's not boring, but it's like intriguing. Like, oh man, I wish I was hanging out with Joe Strummer right there. Oh right, you know? yeah. And
0: it's I not was, they're not. You know, I all, wish I was
1: hanging out with the Heartbreakers.
0: Yeah, they're not all. Super, they are casual shots, but she also does like the pose shots. She did the Ramones original oh, yeah. album, the the Ramones original album cover. That's her. That's her photo. Them, you know, in yeah. front of the brick wall. Yeah,
1: she did the the heart. Yeah, the Heartbreakers. Uh, I think it's live at, Ma- at Max's. With them with the the blood, like the on yeah. shirts. Oh like yeah, classic album cover. Um there's this so, beautiful yeah, photo I,
0: of uh Debbie Harry. I forgot who she's kissing in this photo. Uh but it's on her website. If you go to Roberta that's it. Just RobertaBailey.com, you can see some of her more popular um photos. And right there on the homepage is Debbie Harry and oh, this guy who I can't click on it, it won't let me know, who is um uh they're kissing in front of a train. Uh, in New York, uh, and it is. Oh, I didn't see that one. Oh, it's 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 beautiful. Uh, and she, I think she captures Debbie Harry maybe the best out of all her subjects. Um, uh, she, I mean, talk about photogenic, Debbie Harry. I mean, I guess you could probably, oh, dude, you know, have one of those toy red wind up. <laughs> things and you're going to get a good picture of of debbie (laughs) harry uh but also a huge aspect of you know what the world saw the ramones a lot of that image was made by the ramones but captured in a way by roberta bailey Mm -hmm. and it's it's one thing to uh, have a great style but it's another thing to be the person who decides this is important, I'm going to capture it, and I'm going to do my damnedest to get that out into the world. Right, right. I mean,
1: you know, you mentioned the the Ramones, the first Ramones album cover, and then the picture that's on our website also of Joey Ramone, like with that goofy smile holding that surfboard,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know? It's great. Um, it's like, yeah.
0: The Rockaway yeah. Beach Kid.
1: And it's, uh, yeah. And it's just... You know, it's really, I can't, I, I can't stress the importance of, of documenting these kinds of things, <clears throat> because I mean, even, even in, in Arizona here, uh, like when I was, when I first started my, the, uh, my blog, my music blog, like 10 years ago, there was a there, oddly enough. People not maybe, oh I don't think I don't believe you but there were a lot of cool bands in Phoenix, um you know like like really cool not, and not just cool for Phoenix mm-hmm. they were just really great bands, um you know there's uh like Scorpion versus Tarantula there was remember Vaden remember Vaden, kinda oh. I don't know um <laughs> uh French Girls the Rebel Set I mean they're still around. Kind of maybe it's COVID has just kind of slowed things down, but I regret not taking pictures of some of these Mm. bands at their shows. I even regret not, you know, doing something more like starting a label and and just documenting this this moment in time. Oh, battered suitcases, another one um, that that I wish could have been captured and now it's kind of gone. Mm. You know, um some of these bands haven't played out in a long time. I hope they come back. Uh you know, but man, it was just such a awesome time in 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 music here and I'm like gosh, nobody really did anything about it and it's kind of sucks. So I'm glad there are people, you know, photographers, amateur or not, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, geez, just get out there and take some pictures. Um and so this, this kind of stuff won't be forgotten.
0: Let me ask you a question. When it comes to rock and rollers style, who do you think, who, I'm not saying who you think is the best, but who's, which rock and rollers style off the top of your head, uh, do you like the most? You're like, I fucking love that style. And that's a big Paul question. Based- Paul Simon, Paul Simon, Paul Simon, Simon Garfunkel. Yes. 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 Yes, you love those turtleneck sweaters and those Andy caps. Uh say it again, who's that's your pick? Somber. That's somber sour look. Um I I'm a, I'm, I'm a Simon. I'm I'm a garfunkel. That's my favorite style. You can tell by the, But the fro I have going.
1: Uh That's why I said that. I am the post time into your garfunkel. That's
0: true. Yeah.
1: Um well,
0: You know, call me out. Call me <laughs> traff. <laughs> um uh, so who'd you say? Who'd you, who was your real response? <laughs> the bass player for the Clash, Paul Simonon. Oh, okay, Paul Simonon. Awesome I you know style, I know the awesome I I, I don't know his that's very specific. Jay, hold on, I gotta look oh, this dude, up. Oh, I think about talk talk about it because I gotta look this up. <laughs> Simonon, it's just oh, Simon. he's got
1: like this really. Uh,
0: still oh well uh we're, uh we're we're cutting out here uh we're cutting out here, so we will have to talk a little bit more about that that uh, style is definitely gonna come up, and so I'm gonna leave you with the cliffhanger uh about style, and I will give you my fa- oh, this gives me more time to think about it. ooh, I come up with a really good one. I'm gonna come up with a good one the beat jays, ooh, I'm looking at Jays <laughs> right now, and I kind of agree with it, it is pretty cool um so that uh-huh. is the end of the first set to the. Uh, Ladies of Rock Pop Bonsai set next week we have a couple of things coming up We're we're tinkering around with our key touchstone movie. Uh, so I don't want to announce it right now cause I don't want to say something that we're not going to do, but so I think that means that our next episode is going to be a collection of rock docs on, uh, female rock and rollers. So we have, uh, uh, four options and we actually might do all four of them, but we will certainly be doing a few of these. So the ones that we have, uh, coming up are, uh, Kathleen, uh, uh, Hannah's, uh, the punk singer, uh, Joan Jett's bad reputation, uh, Susie Quattro's, uh, documentary, which I believe is called Susie Quattro and the Go-Go's, which is called the Go-Go's. Uh, so I've watched three of those already. So I'm prepared to talk about three of them and I'm going to watch the fourth one this week. And if Jay gets through four of them. If Jay gets, he's only, I heard him come in. He said he only watched two, so he's way behind. A very Simon thing to <laughs> do. Uh, no. So I'm really, I am, my, my head is brimming with things to talk about uh, uh, on these documentaries. I've just been uh, f- feeding myself on Lady Rock Docs. Ooh, Lady Rock Docs. Is that a genre? It is now. And so. Uh, Next week, or next episode, we're going to talk about those. So until then, rock and rollers, this is the Pop Bonsai Podcast, and we will catch you on the next Pop Wave! Bonsai!